everything. Like wow. he has a spot for you to be every single. There's every a guy out there that's like, I could have played more, but I couldn't read. Exactly. Yeah. I would have had more hard. games, but I couldn't read. And it's like, geez. oh man, hours of videos. I'm not even kidding. Hours of videos a day. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. That'll be a suspension. That'll be a fine. Alive, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. All right, so we're good. John, sorry for the little screw-up. I appreciate your time. Certainly. You better. He was uh, sorry. He was just asking me if I undressed you in college, and I, you know, I didn't answer. I was about to answer, and then you signed on. And I. Still... The answer is yes, most likely. <laughs> really? You think you, we played you, a lot? We were know. all four years. No, I don't. I didn't. No, probably not. I wasn't good in college. No, I wasn't good in the you were NHL. A defenseman either, so. in college, right? I was. I was. Right. You were a D man, big D. I was shut down. <laughs> D man. Gosh, there was a lot of good forwards back then, though. Holy moly. Every team had NHL talent. Like, you, like, everybody. Johnny Taves was there. There was Zach Parisi. There was yeah, Minnesota right. was loaded with Vanek and all these guys. And you know, Well, when you played David Backus, like, there was good players around. Ryan when Carter, you guys played yeah. the, the same time, like, Tim, who was on your team? Some NHL stars. Were all them guys he just mentioned, or were they a different time? When we were like seniors, uh, we had Matt Niskin in, you know, Mason Raymond, um, Junior Lassard, but he didn't play much. But he did still played a little bit in the NHL. But no, I think like as I, you know, freshman sophomore year, I don't think we had many. I don't know. You guys had Chris Connor and like Murphy and some guys. I don't know. I know Connor played a little bit, right? Yeah, Connor played for about ten years, up and down, but no one else did. Okay. But it was it was tough to play Michigan Tech, like going up to where what's a you know well, you guys got the Winter Festival or something like that's it didn't it didn't seem so tough we got just beat down every single weekend it didn't seem <laughs> tough <laughs> for you guys no <laughs> it was just uh, just in general I think it was like a kind of a farther travel for us and then um, yeah no it was just always one of those places that you guys were good though everyone was good no we weren't no, no. okay you guys yeah you guys weren't that good but every so we won like guys six suck. games a year. We stunk. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. um, talk about stinking in hockey. Uh, one of your old teams stunk this year, the Habs, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um, you know, obviously, uh, John, having you on here is awesome. We, I, I love having the guys who played the, 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 the tough role that you had to play, I had to play. Where did the dream for you all begin? Now, Chris, I, I I don't know if you've done your research, but I was um I made the huh? All Star game and I was an MVP. I, I don't want to be lumped in with your type. So okay, he knew there was a puck out there. He knew there was a puck out there. Yeah. Well, um, l- let me say first of all, I'm not talking about hockey. I'm talking about the dream of becoming a mechanical engineer, <laughs> a rocket scientist. What the hell? Where did that come from? You know, it was one of those things where. I got a scholarship just like Tim probably to go to Michigan tech and at Michigan tech, you can either take business, which is a typical athletic degree, or you can take engineering. And I, I didn't expect to play pro hockey after university just because I was on a partial scholarship for the worst team in the WCHA at the time. 
pro hockey wasn't even on my radar. I didn't have a family advisor, an agent, or anybody who was interested. So I thought I'd get my education paid for and get a mechanical engineering degree and then be on my way. So that's why I took engineering. I, I had no interest in it at all, but it was either engineering or business. And I was like, well, why not just go for it and take uh, ME? And I, and then that's why. That was the only reason why. Well, good for you. And listen, as far as uh, things in common, we do have things in common, John. You, you dropped the gloves, which Knuckles did. Um, you uh, were an all-star. Let me see if I can turn this. See that over there? See that jersey there? Number 30, Nyland All-Star back in uh, 1991. Uh, the game was in Chicago, one of the teams you played for. Anyway, we have that in common, Habs fighting. Um, uh, listen, your career, when you first, let's say when you were a kid, you're from Ontario originally. Where does uh, the Bruins fan come in for you i mean you're a bruins fan as a kid from ontario that's that's kind of unheard of it's you grew up in leaf territory yeah and and montreal canadian territory there was a lot of canadians fans all my friends were either canadians or leafs and i i don't know if i like to just kind of do my own thing or just ruffle the feathers of everybody but you know the other team in that old division was the bruins and they would battle each other all the time and i liked ray bork i i saw the way he played i loved Ray Bork and it just kind of stuck and I was a Bruins fan and thankfully there was some great games back in the day with the when the Habs had great teams with Kovalev and all these guys and the Bruins had a great team and the Leafs were always garbage and they still are so it worked out great where we would battle the Habs all the time and it was just fun to kind of go back and forth with my friends so it was just honestly it was just me just kind of being annoying to my friends being like oh you guys like this this team well I'm gonna pick their biggest rival and then I'm going to like them. So that's, that's all it was about. Yeah, no, I've, I have amen to that. I think you can't really, you know, the honesty in that just being the anti to the, to the, to your friends, I think is kind of funny, actually. how did you end up at the freeze? I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, you played, I don't I, like, I'm from Chicago. And I'm like, you played with the freeze. Like, who yeah, it's another random story. Um, I don't know how I ended up anywhere to be honest, but I was, I finished up. <laughs> A year of junior C, then I, I played junior B the next year with the Thorold Blackhawks. And I was expecting to go back. They were going to play pay for my university at Brock University. But then one of the coaches for the Thorold Blackhawks, his brother coached in Chicago and gave him a call and say, hey, I got this tall kid from Thorold. You might you want to give him a look. And then he called me. I went, tried out in Chicago, had no idea. This is the bizarre part. It was a feeder system for the NCAA. I had no idea what the NCAA was. Nux, you know that. Yeah. Tim, I don't know where you're from originally, but as a Canadian kid, you don't follow college hockey whatsoever. I didn't know it was even a thing. So I go to Chicago just for fun. I'm like, let's go. We'll try this out. And then I ended up making the team. And I, I stayed with some billets. And I slowly learned, quickly learned, I should say, what the NCAA was and why I was there. And that's, that's how I, I was a complete, just free trip to Chicago. Let's go give this a shot with no expectations at all. Then I ended up making the freeze and you know, it's, it's all kind of downhill from there. It's funny <laughs> you say that because like as a Canadian kid, not knowing anything about NCAA and me as an American kid growing up in Boston, I didn't have a clue what junior hockey was. I didn't, I had no idea. And I, I, I listen, Jimmy Mann, who played the same role we played, um, 
and I played against for years. He was a first-round pick from the Winnipeg Jets. Now, he wasn't the greatest player, but a tough kid, okay? Willing participant. And he was a first-round pick by the Jets. And I always said to myself, here I am, a 17th-round pick, 231 out of 235. There's no question in my mind, if I came and played junior hockey as a young kid, that I would have been like, not that it would have made a, a huge difference in the amount of money I signed for, but I would have been a lot higher draft pick than, you know, 231. That's for sure when I think of it. It's funny how that is, though. And so anyway, you you end up going to Michigan Tech, having um, those, those four years at Michigan Tech, and um, you had 19 points, but you had 347 minutes of penalties. Can't fight in college hockey. Um, was anybody pissed at you? Because me, I had a lot of penalties in college too. And they're all minor penalties. Like they're killing penalties all the time. Did, did, did coaching staff teammates have a, like address you and say, Hey, John, here's the deal. I know you got to play top, but you gotta stay out of the box. And that was with getting suspended for half the season, my <laughs> senior year. So I only played half the season, my senior year. So yeah, you know, not really. It, it was, uh, I think it was a case of art. We were talking to Tim earlier. We were bad. We were a bad team. And I was, I don't want to toot my own horn, but on a bad team, I was probably our best option on defense when it came to playing defensive hockey. And I knew I was going to play 20, 24 minutes a night. And the way I played, I was going to take penalties. You know, I got caught out of position a couple times a game and I would hook, I would hold, I would slash, I would rough after the whistle I, you know, it's just typical hockey, and yeah, we a couple. I got in one fight. It's from some kid from North Dakota, Ryan Hale or David Hale, whatever. He played oh, yeah. for the Devils for a little bit. Was that freshman year for you then? It might have been freshman year, junior year. So one of those years, I I, I beat him up pretty good. It was good. good. But <laughs> it was like the only you. fight in college hockey at all. But yeah, <laughs> you know, nobody said anything, which was nice because I think it would have changed the way I played my game. I was aggressive, you know, and and I went out there and I, I played on edge. And, I, and that's that's the way I, I just interviewed Chris Pronger a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, I didn't want anybody to know what I was going to do because half the time I didn't know what I was going to do. And that's how I was in college. I would just kind of do whatever I wanted. I'm going to pinch. I'm going to try to blow you up. I might take your <laughs> knee out or I might get beat for a breakaway behind. But, you know, and that's what I did. It's not you, were, you were care, going to school to. too, like the, you were like hockey. There, it was uh, hockey was like secondary, right? Like kind of like I need, I'm going to get this degree. I think that's kind of because I went to school for criminology, and I was just like, this is the fastest major, I think, or this is the only one I could do in four years. <laughs> and, and with yeah, no, it was you know, tricky. It was tricky on the road trips when you would really have to like the professors would give us massive workloads because we would leave on a Thursday or a Wednesday if we were going up to Alaska or to Colorado or Denver. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. But, you know, you make it work. They, they give you kind of tutors and stuff. And you're not going out as much as the guys who are getting business degrees or marketing degrees. Like, they're they're every night. You know, yeah. I couldn't hang with them. So you have to pick your spots and be a little responsible. So, John, like 6'8", two, 260, whatever you are, you're a big man. Yeah. Um, how was that growing up? Because, you know, I know I see someone tall walking down. You see someone tall walking down the street. Everybody looks, right? You're like, wow, that guy's tall. Like, how was that growing up as a kid, just being head and shoulders above everybody else 
and kind of having to deal with that. I don't think people really realize that that part of your life sometimes, you, you know, the average size person doesn't have to deal with that. How was that growing up? It was uh, where where I grew up, St. Catharines, Ontario. It was, you know, blue collar town. I I was the target because people, you know, always you got want to be the toughest guy on the block. And my brother, you know, he he got into a little little trouble here and there, and he would bring me in situations where I would have to, you know, prove myself or, you know, get beat up. And being the tall guy, everyone expects you to be tough and this and that. And I think that's where I really cut my teeth with being somewhat tough where gosh i think since the age of 15 i was i was fighting like every every other weekend you know and, and it wasn't just fighting 15 year olds it was 18 19 20 year olds trying to take a go at me and that that's just how it was and you win some you lose a lot when you're that age but then by the time i got to 17 18 19 i was i was a scary customer walking in i didn't look at no, I was six foot six, you know, 200 pounds at that point. But I, I knew my reach, I knew my angles and I, and I knew how to control myself. And that's just how it was where we grew up. And I'm sure a lot of Canadians can, can commiserate with that because you weren't worried about guns or knives or anything. I remember one time someone did pull a knife and two of my buddies just absolutely sucker punched him and said, we don't do that here. And just <laughs> left him in a puddle on the road because we, it just wasn't an issue. Nowadays, things are different and it's just scary nowadays, yeah. but back yeah. in the day, you just squared up one-on-one. -on -one and I think, yeah, being tall, my friends would start something. I would have to jump in and, you know, protect them or people would challenge me just because I was a tall guy. Two o'clock would come around. They're a little, you know, boozed up and like, I'm going to take a run at this big guy. And more often than not, it didn't end up well for them. <laughs> yeah. So bad idea. <laughs> yeah. That's how it was. So when did, when did in, at, at school, like at what point were you, you know, like kind of good, like I'm going to play pro hockey. Because you kind of the first couple of years, like you're saying, you didn't really know what you're doing, right? So when when did that kind of come about? And then like right away, I'm, I'm assuming you're just mentally like I'm gonna go fight, right? Like or not really. No, it's it's funny how that worked out because in college you don't fight. Um, it was around my junior year where I was playing in Minnesota, and after the game, I got approached by Ben Hankinson, and he was with an agency there in Minnesota, and he gave me his card. And then the next time I came to the Minnesota area, he came to my hotel and gave me a big presentation and he became my family advisor where I didn't pay him. We didn't sign any contracts. He was just advising me, which is it's, he's in my agent, you know, it's just yeah. a loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's my agent. So af, after my senior year and I'll never forget in the meeting, he's like, John, cause I was like, why are you here? Like I, I I'm not drafted. I wasn't good. I wasn't putting up crazy numbers. And he's like, you can't teach size, John, like you have size and you can move somewhat. So after my senior year, I got one offer to go play in the AHL for the Houston Arrows, two-way contract though, East Coast AHL. And I signed it and I didn't have any aspirations of playing NHL still at that time. I was like, oh, I'll make, you know, 30 to 50 grand this year and just kind of take my time and have some fun with it. And that, that was all. And I just went down to Houston after my senior year. So you go to Houston, um, and uh, how does the fighting start? Because, okay, you fought on the street and all that. I get it. There's no uh, kind of the same thing with me. I never fought on the ice. I had one fight in college like you did and got suspended two games for it. And, mm -hmm. and then, you know, pro hockey comes. I go to the American League, and I have one fight, one fight, and I end up, uh, with a contract the next day, my first 
fight in pro hockey. That was in Maine. And Flyers Farm Team, Glenn Cochran, I cut him open. Next day, they said, who's your agent? I, I said, I don't have an agent, right? I was 17-round pick. No one wanted to represent me. They weren't going to make no money with me. I had to scramble, find somebody. Anyway, I signed the deal. But I, not that I came in, John, saying, oh, I'm going to fight everybody. But, man, I, I was a Bruins fan like you. I watched the way they played hockey. It, it, I really liked that. I was aggressive off the ice. And next thing you know, uh, I'm playing that style of hockey. And right away, everybody looked at me like, oh, college kid, must be a pussy. And I got challenged, and away we went. But how did it come about for you? This is somewhat similar. Everyone just thought I was going to be a pushover college kid. We were playing Peoria one of the first weeks of the year, and they had DJ King, who was a tough, tough cat. He ended up going to the NHL for a long time, and, like, he did some damage. My coach before the game, all our tough guys, we had Joey Tedarankos, and I think he was nervous about his job. So he's like, Johnny, don't worry about it. I got it. Just, you know, stay out of it. And I was like, great. I don't want to fight this guy. And so everybody was saying no. And then lo and behold, we get tied up together in front of the net, DJ King and I, and we go. And I, I do okay. You know, I think it was a draw, but in my mind, I'm like, I just fought the toughest guy in the AHL and I won. And after that, Minnesota Wild, all of a sudden I signed just like you, signed an NHL contract. I am on their radar where before I was just, you know, going to be sent to the East Coast and just be one of these guys in the coast in the AHL. But that one fight solidified myself in the A, it solidified myself with the Wild organization, and it just kind of built a little reputation. And HockeyFights.com was around, so people watched it, and they're like, okay, this guy is, uh, I guess, the real deal. Cause I never fought that much, even in the A, you know, yeah. these guys fight 20, 30 times. I think I fought my most fights in a year was 11, 12. And I think that one fight with DJ King gave me a little bit more room throughout that whole year, which was great. Cause I still didn't know how to fight really. Like I, I fought off the ice. I fought a little bit in Chicago with the freeze, but that was about it. And so I was still a newbie to the game where these guys are coming out the Western, the WHL with like a hundred fights under their belt and they're just like animals. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just still kind of figuring out how to how to hockey fight. Yeah, and the, the hockey fighting thing, and too, like just playing in your size, right? Listen, there's a lot of advantages, right? And there can be some disadvantages too. Okay, the long stick, you got a lot of range, but how about when you have to deal with those smaller players and even fighting, like smaller guys get inside on you? How did you you defend against that? Try and like hold guys out, make sure he had them strung out at the end. Well, and stupid Gary Batman changes the rules right when I come into the league, got rid of the can opener, got rid of yeah. all the, the stuff that I loved and I did in college. Like Tim would come down to me in a one-on-one. -on -one, I would stick my stick right between his legs, open him up and just <laughs> and bury I just him. him. I just dove. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that every single time. Like that was my bread and butter stick between the legs and you're just, I'm going to bury you. And you get to the pros and then all of a sudden they change change how you play and it was impossible like it was really hard I took a lot of penalties in the minors just trying to figure out how to play these guys and you know good bad or the other I think it helped my game not being I don't want to say there was no pressure but there wasn't a lot of pressure there was no expectations I could just kind of grow we had a decent team in Houston we had a lot of NHL contracts down in Houston so I was able to kind of play five six minutes I would play 15, 16 minutes a night, not a lot of pressure, play versus a third and fourth line. 
and just make a lot of mistakes. And Were you D-man at the time? Still? I was a D-man. I was still a D-man. You haven't tra- All right. You didn't become a forward yet. No, no. Who was your How- coach then in Houston? Kevin Constantine. How was that? Was he a prick? He was He was intense. Like, it, it, I don't know if you've done video. You haven't done video until you've been a player for Kevin Constantine, where we would literally, he would give us tests every week on the plays. So he would give us a playbook and you got a big one at the beginning of the year and you had to memorize every single page. And after every week we would have tests and I was smart. You know, I, I would ace all my tests, but if you didn't know the plays, you wouldn't play. And I don't care if you're a first rounder. I don't care if you're Benoit Pouliot or Roman Voloshenko or these guys. You wouldn't play. Like what plays? Like what plays? Like, come on. This isn't rocket science. This isn't football. It is rocket science. Okay. So Kevin (laughs) Constantine, like every single inch of the ice, you have to be accountable. If the puck's dumped in the corner, if the punk's this, like five on five, four on four, five on four, penalty kill, like everything. Like he has a spot for you to be every single. There's a guy out there that's like, I could have played more, but I couldn't read. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, like, fuck, so I would have had more hard. games, but I couldn't read. And it's like, geez. oh man, hours of videos. I'm not even kidding. Hours of videos a day, every single day before practice, after practice, and then individual. It was, it was crazy. And then we lived at this great spot in Houston, and it was like a little community where they had a pool in the middle. And he puts his, he gets a place right by the pool. And we used to like hang out and drink beers after practice. And of course he gets his place right beside the pool. So we couldn't even, it was, he was all over us. It was crazy. Like it was, it was too much. It was way too. Yeah. He loved his hockey, man. He watched a lot of hockey. I don't know how he did it. Well, I got to tell you, I've had the opportunity to meet you, John. You're just an awesome guy, you know, playing in some of the alumni games you did in Newfoundland and, and not knowing someone you meet him for the first time and, you know, the fraternity, the guys who fight, you know, and hockey players, guys get along pretty easily. Um, but, you know, your, your reputation obviously preceded you coming in. And I'm wondering, how is that John Scott guy? I remember the whole Kessel incident. I saw you and Kessel, you know, <laughs> that whole thing. I howled at it. But I mean, how is this guy crazy? Is he what? And then I meet you and you're like, like just a sweetheart. Having that reputation. Uh, of being that tough guy on the ice. How did you like deal with the, you know, all the bullshit that comes along with it? Like after games, say you have a tough game, the hands are sore, they're expecting you to fight, whatever. How was that to deal with that part of the game? The the fighting part for you? Yeah. You know, the first, I, I would say with the first five years of my career, it was, it was brutal. And I, I've talked to other tough guys about this and a lot of them go through the same thing where, you know, you're just constantly stressed out. You, you got to, and I can't imagine you, and I, this is no slight to you. You're not a big guy, Nux. Like mm-hmm. you, you're small. You're always fighting above your weight class. I yep. can't imagine what you would go through, but like I would stay awake at night being like, okay, I got to get McGratton this night. And then I go to George Peros the next night. Then I got a David Kochi the next night. Then Steve McIntyre's in the AHL, but he might get called <laughs> up. And it was just one after the other, after the other. And I would just stress about it non nonstop. And I would watch videos and I wouldn't sleep. And then the second half of my career, my wife kind of snapped me out of it. She's like, hey, Dumbo, you're the biggest guy on the ice. Like, all these guys are scared of you. Just go to bed. Like, stop being <laughs> stop being silly. And for whatever reason, that just clicked. But I think it took a long time 
Tim has no idea. Yeah, no, I was just it, gonna it was, say, it like, it have took, a it, like, 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 it took me right when I was fighting. It took me like, no, no, I was like, I'm sitting here, like, what are these guys talking about? But as a goal scorer, <laughs> yeah, I'd have my hands would be sore from stick handling and stuff. I get, I get the soreness part of it. But what but do you, you ever, as as a score, as skill guy, did you ever yeah. worry at nights no, to be like, I, I really no. got to score tomorrow? That's why I have so much respect for what you guys did because that that is the truth. I I uh, never had to worry about that, and and. You know, I know, but this goal scoring pot, he's saying, Oh, like, did you ever stress on that? Oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I got sorry, a score, or I'm gone. I thought we were still talking about fighting because yeah. I no. had so much, you know, I can relate to so much of that, but anyways, uh, <laughs> got so the much to say pot. about that. No, I was my own worst enemy for sure. I stress, yeah, I could, I could, uh, you know, I can really dwell on just bad games and then just, yeah, that sick feeling of, um, you know, I, the, the nerves before every game, I always had these, which were healthy butterflies, but yeah, I, I, I would have a lot of stress about putting up points. You go through, a, you know, seven to 10 games, no goals next to, you know, I mean, you just, yeah, that's part of it. I, but you know, I don't compare it to what you guys had to go through because that that's a different level of like, I mean, you're, you're fighting. Like, I don't know what that's like. And I know that it's not many people are willing to do that. And you got to be, you got to have a lot of balls to do it. And I have a lot of respect for it, for sure. It, it made me like, I could go around and be that college pussy and just talk shit, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't, I did. I, I kind of tried to, you know, I didn't play that way or yet much, but I have to play with some, some tough guys. And, and I would tell my line mates always, and you can ask them, I, uh-huh. I would say, you need to go out and start fights for me. Cause no one would fight. No one. Yeah. And I'd be like, go and stick that guy in the neck. And then get him to jump you. So then I'll jump in and jump him. And it, 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 I would tell everybody I played with, I'm like, just go and just be the biggest prick you want. Because I good on your wife because she was find a fight. Your wife, that's a good point. Like, like for how big you were, you know, you probably, you know, people were thinking right, and and she was right. I mean, I'm not you, but that that was a good thing she did do. I think that uh, I always think too, like being that big. Was it ever? It's almost like a lose-lose situation, right? Like you beat someone up, they're like, oh, he's so big. And then if you lose, it's like, oh, you yeah. Know? So, I mean, that's that. I didn't lose tough. many. I think I lost two decisively. Once Colt Nor hit me in the stomach and I lost my breath. You know when you just get yeah. and yeah. you can't breathe? So I dropped down on my knees. And then Justin Johnson caught me with a good left. But, yeah, it was a no win. Like I would yeah. fight Cam Jansen six, seven, eight times, and I would never knock him down because he's just got a cement head. <laughs> But I would win every fight, but he would come out Keep looking coming. better because he's five foot six, you know, and it's yeah. just, it is what it is. So I liked fighting the taller guys, Frazier McLaren, George Peros, Matt Karkner, these tall guys, just because it was just, let's just grab on and punch each other. And then we'll yeah. see who's tougher. That That's how I like to fight. I'm like, I'll take a punch to your punch. Let's go for it. See, but, that's a guy your size can do that. Like yeah. you just said it with me, right? Fighting those guys that were bigger than me, I had to use my head. I had to fight smarter. I'd, I'd, have, I'd be decimated. If someone got me out the end of their arm, forget about it. I couldn't. So I always, always with bigger guys, and I love fighting bigger guys because I could get in tight and then pick my way through the fight, you know? And, and again, even if I didn't, you know, have the edge in the fight or win decisively, you know, you always got the pat in the back yeah. and the team would get a little pump from shit. I fought the biggest guy and toughest guy on the team. So it didn't matter if I, I mean, it did matter if you lost decisively, but you know, if it was close, 
you know, no, even even the fans are gonna love it. Yeah, like look at Nux is fighting this big yeah. guy; he's crazy. And I would fight little guys, and they'd grab on. I would get so bored. <laughs> yeah. like, this is not even a fight. And I would look around, and he would jab me one in the jaw. Like, like, Come on, man! Like <laughs> it just wasn't fun. And then he would hit me with yeah, one looping left that doesn't even do anything. And all of a sudden, he's Mike Tyson just knocked me out. It's so <laughs> so boring. I, I want to find out, and I I want to talk a little more about um. I, I guess the different teams you play for, obviously, but the, the transition from D to forward and who's responsible for that. But before we go there, I, I mean, before we leave college, you met your wife, Danielle, in college, right? The two yeah. of met there. And um, you did have a, and I want to bring it up, um, an incident in your senior year where uh, you got um, pulled over for driving while intoxicated. What, um, and you you spent a little time in jail. Was that is that something that was a turning point in your life? Uh, some people be obviously you know something like that happens. They go the other way or they keep doing the same shit over and over again. What um, what impact did that have on your life? Yeah, I used to get after it pretty good in college, you know, and. He got the, obviously got the better of me that night. And, um, it definitely calmed me down a lot. I, I don't think I would have gone anywhere in hockey or in life if I, well, I don't want to say that, but like, I didn't stop drinking. I didn't stop yeah. going out. I didn't stop that stuff, but I think I was a, a little more responsible with my actions and maybe I didn't have to drink, you know, a bottle of whiskey before I went to the bar. You know, I, I was just a little more relaxed. Yeah. And, um, thank goodness I, I met my wife after that because she would have, would never have given me the, the time of day at all. So yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot from that situation. Just, I almost got kicked out of school. I almost got deported. You know, there was a long court proceedings. I ended up, yes, like you said, going, you know, to jail for a month yeah. and it stunk. Like it was, it, it rattles you, you know, yeah. and then you have to step out of jail and then go right to camp for, your senior year where I was going to be the captain. I got stripped of the sea, all this fun stuff. And, uh, it was humbling, you know, yeah. scholarship stripped away. I think I got tanked down to a 50%. It was embarrassing. It was humbling. It was, it's all around stunk. So I really had to just stay on the straight and narrow that senior year and just change my ways. And I think that carried on the rest of my life where I still don't drink too much. You know, I, I try to just keep it to two or three or four beers when I go, when I do anything, and, uh, yeah, you, I get, you don't know, you don't know how to experience it or you don't know what it feels like until you've gone through it. And it's stunk. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Yeah. There's no question. And again, uh, I've certainly had my share of issues and you know that, and, um, it's just awesome to see. And it, it had an impact. And I guess what I want to uh, talk next, just before we get into the hockey a little more in depth is your religion. You're a devout Catholic. And I heard yeah. um, your interview with Kale Clark on his show. Oh, I nice. took the time to listen to that. No, yeah, John, I have a lot of respect for you and what you did. And I, I, I said at the beginning, I said, you're a, like a, a sweetheart of a guy. And then I heard you on Kale Clark and um, I kind of put some things together and it was impressive, but when, at what point did you, I guess, turn more to your faith and, 
and uh, what what's the question i'm like turn to your faith and and live a, a i guess a spiritual life a little more so yeah i um well growing up i i didn't have faith at all you know i didn't know what church was i didn't know what god was i didn't know anything and so i started going to church just to impress my wife and i'll be completely frank if she would have been, you know, a Jew, I would have probably been Jewish. If she would have been Hindu, I would have been a Hindu. You know, I just like yeah. this girl. And I went to church. I started to dig into it a little bit. I'm kind of a type A personality where I have to figure out something. It has to make sense to me in order for me to buy in. And I, I did my digging. I started to figure out what this whole Catholic church is all about. And like, man, it's legit. And I was like, I'm going for it. And so I got baptized right after my final year in the NHL at 2016 because I had gone through some prep classes and I just didn't really feel it. And then I, you know, did one class, two class, finally the third class, it, it worked and it's changed my life. And yeah, I try not to mix hockey and faith because it rubs people the wrong way sometimes when I don't want to come off as judgy or preachy or anything, or I'm better than anybody because I'm not, I'm, uh, you know, we're all, we're all flawed. We're all sinners. So I just, um, I love talking about my faith. I have six daughters, my wife pregnant with number seven. You know, we, we try to live our faith just by the way we live. And uh, it's been great. You know, hockey was a blessing. I loved playing hockey. I think out of the, the 10 or 11 years I was a professional, I probably enjoyed one or two of them. It was a job. Yeah. It, it was stressful. There was a lot of just sleepless nights and worrying if I'm going to get another contract. Who am I going to fight? Like, fights with my wife because hockey does put a lot of strain on your relationships and I'll tell you what when i hung up the skates i just you can exhale it's like okay finally i know i don't have to worry about getting another contract i can just relax and just move on with my life and i i know guys have a hard time with it but i was i was so ready to be done with hockey so you do know it takes a man to make a man right <laughs> Is six, that what they say? Six daughters <laughs> and uh, one on the way, and you don't know, right? We don't but know. I I pray you just have a health, another healthy child. You do have a set of twins, and and you said you were baptized, and you know, obviously, when we're baptized, there's water involved. Uh, you bap- got baptized again in the winter, no, uh, out in front of your place when you went uh, uh, out on the pond. And you broke through. I don't know. It's hard for me to realize that that close to shore could actually be over your head. But yep. it was over you. What happened there? Tell. Well, they tell dredged Tim. our lake. The reason it's so deep, like 100 years ago, they dredged our lake for the clay. And they, they made died, all the Tim. for our downtown area. So it's like 20, 25 feet deep, five feet out. And so I, I stepped off my dock and I was going to shovel off the rink. And I think I was, yeah, five, six feet out. And I, boom, right through the ice. And luckily I kind of popped up right where I went down, managed to get my leg up after a couple, I think I was in there for a couple minutes because it's not easy. The the ice is soft and you're trying to jump up on the ice and I managed to get up and I crawled back over to the dock. I lost my shoes, my shovel, everything. Luckily I wasn't in my skates, which I usually would have done, put the skates on on the dock and skated out. But for whatever reason, I didn't have them on and I just, yeah, went back to the house. How long ago was this? Uh, probably like three years ago now. Yeah. And so it was, I don't know, like, I, you don't, you're not scared when you're in the situation, but I was like, I remember leaning on the ice with my elbows on. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get up from this. Like, how long do you think I can sit in this cold water? Just leaning on the ice until someone comes down. And I, 
yeah, who knows? And so I managed to kind of just get up on it, but it was after was, the fact. Like, was man, there anybody in the area, John? Like, could, what if you couldn't? What if every time you try to get up and the ice yeah. broke? I wouldn't have made it. Like, was there somebody? <laughs> I would have just been like, what? fuck it. <laughs> I'm dying. No, there was a guy ice fishing like 100 yards away, but I think he had his headphones on or speakers on because I tried yelling for him. I was like, hey, help. Uh-huh. No movement at all out of him. I didn't want to waste any energy. So I think I yelled three or four times and he just wasn't moving. And my kids were going to come down in like 40 minutes after I shoveled off the ice. So I was like, great, I'm going to die here. My kids are going to come down. I'm going to be nowhere to be found. And they're going to be like, where's dad? He's dead. Awesome. And all this was going through your head. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I know I got up and it was all no worse for wear. Well, Good. I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you made it <laughs> Me out too. of that. No question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, are no you happy question. that you're here? <laughs> you know, I, I could go either way. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate you sharing about your, your faith. Cause I think, you know, for me, that's, you gotta, you know, if you're not rely for me personally, when I don't rely on my faith, I'm straight opposite. Like I'll just, my personal, I'll go right in the fear. Um, you know, and, and for me, that's, you know, trying to better that, but no, I, that's, that's a part of, um, I appreciate you talking about that. Yeah. Cause not a, everybody gets weird about it, especially nowadays, right? like, especially being a Catholic with the whole abortion and this and that. And I'm dead set against abortion. I, I'll take my arrows with that. And I don't like, yeah, I don't like talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. in public because it's, or maybe I, that's why I should talk about it more, but yeah, you know, I'm, I try to be a good God fearing man. And, uh, I don't know. You can always be better. Listen, I, I hear where you're coming from. It's like the pandemic, right? And and being oh. vaccinated, not being vaccinated. You bring it up. Someone's always got something to fucking say. You're not, you're this, you're that. And it's like, it's almost not worth bringing up sometimes. It, 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 talk about causing heartache. Or, well, even you know. within my family, because my my family's in Canada. They're all in Ontario. And they, they all got vaccinated. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't. You know, and they come here and my mom's visiting us and she gets COVID while she's here. And she's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, right? it's just one of those things. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't talk about it on my show. I don't think it's anybody's business. Yeah. You know, I'm losing money out of the deal. I, I'm turning down events left and right in Canada because yeah. I can't go because stupid Trudeau is an absolute train wreck yeah. and can't figure out his, it's like you guys living in China over there. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, you have your podcast, Dropping the Gloves, John, and I was yes. on with you. But Best it, episode we ever did. Yeah, same the same with me here. Like, I have my show on TSN. You come on with me, nice enough to come on a few times. But I lost my job because I wasn't vaccinated. I was doing my show from home. That's why I'm doing this now. Yeah, um, Tim's got boosters sticking out of his arms. Look at him. He's judging us right now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not vaccinated either. <laughs> no. I was yeah, just... We got the, 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 the unvaxxed line right here. That's Put right. Tim in the middle. Yeah. Huh? No one will come near us. I'll talk shit. I'll talk, I'll do the shit talking and you guys, you know, handle the rest. But oh. we'll cough on everybody. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Uh, Johnny, um, you start with Minnesota. And when does it happen? And who is the coach that says, listen, you're going from D to forward. And, um, and, and did any coach in this is Minnesota. I want to know that, but then did any coach ever tell you go fight? No, no one ever explicitly said, go fight this guy, but like in situations, I'm not stupid. Yeah. 
I know if their tough guy jumps on the ice and he goes, Johnny, you're up. I'm like, I'm going to have to fight this guy. Like it, it's an unwritten thing, but yeah, I, I, it's, that's hockey. You know, that, yeah. that's my job. I never took offense to that. Yeah. If, if it wasn't me, it was going to be somebody else. So you're paying me a lot of money. I will go and fight this guy. It's yeah. just, you know, who cares? Like, who cares? I, I, I don't know why people get so upset when someone comes out and says, oh, my coach told me to fight this guy. Well, yeah, that's your job, dummy. Like, that's your job. Go <laughs> it's like it. me, like, just knowing like, I was going in the shootout. Yeah, like, I'm like, no, I'm going to go in the yeah. shootout. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, or <laughs> like, my coach told me I should try to score. <laughs> yeah, yeah you called on me. Score. No, I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not comparing that part, but no. I No, but it is the same thing. Yeah. It's your job. When I got signed in the offseason, I would go and talk to the GM, and we'd have this awkward conversation about, you know, we brought you here for, you know, we, we like your this. And I'm like, and I would just always say to him, I would say, Don't bullshit me. I know what I'm supposed to fight. So don't worry about me. I will take care of my end of the deal. Just get me on the ice when you need to get me on the ice. And I would tell the coach that and the GM that every single year. And it was fine. And I never had to deal with it at all anytime after that. But all right. So go, I, when I went to Minnesota from defense to forward, I played D my whole career in Minnesota. I, I had Jacques Lemaire to start off with. Yeah. Best coach I ever played for. Yeah. Oh, me go. too. Yeah. And then I went to Chicago two years after that. And the reason I got bumped to forward was they were up against the cap. A bunch of forwards got injured. I think we had seven or eight D and they're like, Johnny, we need you to play forward in practice. You know, we got to fill out these lines. And then they're like, well, why don't you play forward in the game? And so I would play forward. And then I started fighting more and you couldn't be a defenseman who fought a lot. And so they just kept me at forward. And so I would jump back and forth between forward and defense my whole two years in Chicago. Some games I would play three shifts on defense, go up to forward for a couple shifts, three, you know, and I would bounce back and forth if we were playing a really physical team. And that that's what I did for two years in Buffalo or Chicago. Then I did the same thing in San Jose. And yeah, it was just kind of a, a back and forth thing. Where were you in Chicago? I'm from Chicago, so I remember you here. Where were you living then? I, funny story. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved in the first year. We didn't have any help to find a place, which I thought was random. So we moved into the south side. We we got a place just south of um, Soldier Field, right off of Michigan Ave. And it was great. It was a brand new renovated. It was an old dilapidated apartment building. They renovated. It was beautiful inside. As soon as the streetlights went on, it was brutal. Like it got super dangerous. Nobody left. So we didn't know that the night before our first game, my wife and her sister are in town. They went out. I think they, you know, went to a restaurant with the rest of the girls on the team, whatever. So they come home. It's like 10 30, 11. I'm already sleeping, getting ready for the home opener. I get a call from my wife. She says, Hey, can you come down and meet me at the door? Just, I don't know where I'm going. Cause the cab wouldn't drive down our street. He would drop them off at Michigan <laughs> Ave and they would have to walk three blocks to the apartment building, which that in itself is like red flag. So I come down, I'm annoyed. For some reason, I put my running shoes on, which I, I wouldn't normally do. I would just throw on some flip-flops. But I op- open the door to our apartment and all I hear is, get back here, you F and B. And it's some guy screaming at my wife and her sister and chasing after him down the street at 11 o'clock at night in Chicago. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I just take a beeline to this guy and he doesn't see me coming. And I just forearm shiver right into this guy's neck and he goes down and my wife is terrified. Her sister is terrified. I jump on top of this guy and I grab him horse collar and I'm just ready to like kill him, like literally kill him. And 
my wife pulls me off of him and he's the guy's giving me his wallet he's giving me his phone he's like take it take it please don't hurt me <laughs> and i'm like just get out of here man like just beat it and oh. so he leaves and we go in our apartment 20 seconds later this guy's banging on the glass of the apartment trying to get in and I'm irate at this point. So he I started running for He wanted, and I'm like, wanted his wallet back. <laughs> he, was, he was tweaked out on drugs. So I'm oh. like, I'm going to finish this guy right now. And luckily my wife said, let's just get in the elevator and call the cops. So we got, went to our spot and we moved out like next week. We're like, we can't live here. Yeah. And so we moved to the North end and we moved to um, Roscoe village. Oh, that's nice um, over Bel- there. Belmont and Damon. Yeah, completely. Like so the whole North, he just went the opposite. Nux. We were like, we're out of here. And yeah. we ended up paying so much more because I, you know, I was on a one year, two year. No one deal. helped you on that. That's I mean, you go farther, a little bit, even more South than where you were. It gets worse and worse. I mean, that's crazy. I didn't know we are like yeah. South end. This is great. Right by Wrigley field. Right by it's Silver not like field. you stick out or anything either, you know, <laughs> so bad. So yeah, we, we moved out of the South end real fast and we went to where it was a little more pricier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell you that much. I bet you weren't expecting that answer, Tim. Huh? crazy no right? no that's i mean that's i mean yeah that, that is a crazy story all right so um uh i'm looking here and we see minnesota chicago the rangers all right i played for the rangers i played for the habs two of the teams you played for now i look at all those um teams man if you can only put two jerseys up in your office which two are they yeah. Well, which is the first one? Give me the first one, and then well, if you... probably the first one's. Oh man, probably Chicago. And then for some odd reason, I I really loved my time in San Jose, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. So I would put those two up there: Chicago and San Jose. Even though you know Minnesota, I broke in with many. I hated playing in New York. Um, Montreal, it was one game. I don't even. Yeah, yeah. No, but the shirt itself, the blue shirt is nice. The blue shirt, I love the blue shirt. Oh, it's fantastic. It's yeah. Awesome, right? But, but I would hate talking about, like, oh, you played for the Habs in like one game. Like, yeah. we do these stinking alumni games for Montreal. They list off everybody's <laughs> stats. Uh, Vinny Danfoos <laughs> and uh, Chris Nyland and all these guys, a thousand games, this and that. So Stefan Breezewa and they're like John Scott one game and I'm just like oh my gosh like, uh, I was you know, at that game you almost scored too you almost scored I, know. I was Dash at that one game. first shift Yarmy Yager yeah. I was like great I'm starting this is gonna be fun Yags buries first shift I'm like, come on man Still. what's his name Condon should have saved it it was such a bad goal well Golly. yeah Condon was he had a tough time here no question <laughs> he did anybody <laughs> uh, anybody who's not in the net if and their name is not Price. They have a tough time. Because oh, Price is doing so good these days. Yeah, he's uh, killing it. Oh yeah, really? Oh <laughs> God, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. But um, so yeah, so those two teams, the Sharks and uh, the Black. I got the Black. They got one of the most beautiful jerseys. That the red home jersey, just awesome. I love that mm-hmm. jersey. No question. All right, so um, we got to get to it. You know. Because you and I were both all stars. Um, Tim, were you an all star ever? No. KHL. KHL. The K. Yeah. There you go. We're That's no good. one spoke English. So that counts, right? <laughs> that does count. Yeah. I was an all star, just not here. Yeah. No one knows about it. No. No. I Go ahead, Nux. I want to hear all about this. Well, I got to tell you, even though I was an all star, I never got to the game because I broke my ankle playing basketball. 
Yeah. which is always smart. Yeah, very <laughs> yeah. intelligent that was. And um, I was not the MVP, and I did not score two goals in no. the All-Star game like John did. Now, listen, you know, you come out um, at the time, the fans were voting, and you come out at the time and said, listen, vote for my teammates. <laughs> don't vote for me. I don't deserve this. Uh, vote for my teammates. And I get that. That would, you know, because when Mike Milbury told me he was going to name the All Star team, I said, "Don't do it. I'm not. I don't want to go. Don't do it." He said, "I'm doing it." He said, "Listen, what you did, the style of game you played, and what you had to do for your teammates, you are an All Star. I don't care what they say. All these other guys, they tiptoe through the tulips all the time. They go out there, they play a half-ass game. I want to reward someone who did what you did." So I was like, "Okay," and then he. I mean, he made me basically go. He said he's doing it. And then I, like I said, I broke my ankle. But yours was different. I mean, the fans were voting for you. And, and I mean, that had to make you feel good, right? Like the fan base is saying we want – and, yeah, okay, you know, numbers-wise you're not an all-star, but the fans had you as an all-star. And yeah, you don't want to go. Interesting. It was interesting because – there was a lot of it was embarrassing because they're doing it as a joke though so for a good portion of it i'm like they're not doing this because they want like they're doing this because they they, love you too i'm a clown right well there was there was maybe after they loved you after it was after because it it, it really honestly like i know nux said early on like you're being a you know a gentle big sweetheart like you could see how much fun you had right it that took a lot of just kind of getting over the fact that okay you're there they think you're a joke this is all like they they want you to fail once i got past that i was like screw it just go and have fun and that's that's that was my mentality and i i talked to a lot of former tough guys and they said we you know we think you should go and it's funny you mentioned milberry cuz i think he was the biggest douche out of them all. <laughs> and he, he lambasted me any chance he could. And I, I, I had never spoken to this guy in my whole life and he would go on national TV weekly and just yeah. tear me up. Like I remember right before the game, we were watching the TVs and I was like, who's going to win. And he's like, well, it's not the Pacific. Cause everybody has 11 all-stars and the Pacific has 10 and they have a clown. <laughs> and we're all watching this in the locker room. It's, my division in the Atlantic. So I'm sitting in there with like Tarasenko and all these guys from the other divisions. And I'm just sitting there looking at him like, Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and the cameras panned right on me. I'm like, this is, what are we doing here? So it was awful. And then it was great. I won the whole thing. Got to shake hands with Gary Bettman, which was the ultimate just slap in the face for him. Weasel. Like, I know that Gary. weasel. And in the airport the next day, I'm checking out like we left it super early because my wife was having her babies the next day. Like we had to get back. So we left Nashville, the crack of dawn the next day. And who was in the airport with us in the security line is Mike Milberry himself. And it was so fantastic. He wouldn't oh. look me in the eye. My wife was irate at him. He wouldn't was he look ducking? at me. He ducked you? He ducked me. I wanted to go oh. say something to him. Of course, he was like first class. We were back in coach with like <laughs> the rest of the <laughs> six eight. Yeah. Back in cool. coach. Sons of well, because they're like they'll fly your family out, and I'm like, well, you're gonna fly all my kids and my wife and my like. I had my in laws there, and like, well, we can get you two first class or like five or six regular seats, and I'm like, just get me regular. 
But yeah, he wouldn't look at us. It was so it was too funny. And he looked. And like, I gotta wonder if because he he listen, he's a brewing through and through. Okay, I gotta wonder if it's a time when you were in Buffalo and you shit kicked the Bruins by yourself. Yeah. Who, who did you challenge that guy? That was something happened. Would someone hit the goalie or? Well, no, because Lucic hit Miller, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And then I came in the next year, and yeah. I beat up Sean Thornton, Thornton, knocked him out. Yeah. And then I challenged Char and Luch after that, and no one would come near I, me. Yeah. And I, I was knocked like, out Louis Erickson with a hit, which I still think is clean to this day. And you got I suspended, right? Seven games for that. Yeah, seven so, games. Yeah, a little butt hurt over that, Mike. So He's I'm sure I'm sure that's what that's about, right? So did that, you go, all that brewing stuff. I was gonna say, did yeah, you go did back you to your team brewing? and like demand like this like and then be like put me on the power play after that? When I was with the Sabres? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the All-Star game. You just come back. Oh, yeah. You know, like that guy that gets called up, because I played a lot in the minors. He plays like one game and comes back down and acts like the AHL is the worst league in the is that is that kind well, of Well, Tim <laughs> you know what? No what I did was it was funny because like I said, my wife was having her babies. So I went back to Traverse City here in Michigan. I didn't go back to St. John's. As great as St. John's is, I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, yeah. let's get this straight. So I milked it. I think I went back to Traverse City for a week and a half, and the team kept calling me. They're like, are you, are you coming back anytime soon? I'm like, oh, my wife, you know, have, hasn't had the baby yet. So I lied to them about when she had the babies. And I told them it was way later than it actually was. So I was just sitting at home and enjoying my time and helping my wife for a few days. And then finally I was like, okay, I'll go back to St. John's. I'll join you on another road trip. And, uh, I liked playing the A. I, I went I from playing it. five I, I game. I was getting 22 minutes, power play time, penalty kill time. And I scored a couple goals. Like I was flying out there. It was great. I remember my first, my first training camp with Toronto. I was like, so, you know, they, they had it where they had two rosters and they had all the Maple Leaf guys and me. Yeah. And then the AHL guys, Ooh. and like right from day one, because I came from Finland. So right from day one, like all the minor league guys who I was going to play with, they just like despised me. They're like, who the fuck is this guy on the, like, he's the only guy on the Leafs roster. Well, yeah. I, I ended up, you know, I'm, you know, I'm nervous. Everything's like, you know, just going structured in my head. I'm trying to be like as professional as possible. And then I got sent down after the first game and we were, the <laughs> Marlies were in St. John's. <laughs> And uh, they must have just tore up George Street. But my first practice, you know, I went from the NHL. My first practice, I forgot who it was, but came flying out. One guy came flying. Everyone was just hung over. One guy came flying out with his skate guard still on. And I was <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, like, how much of a difference. But but I had a blast in the AHL. And I, I'm a big fan of the minors. I think it really matures anybody. You know, it's it's they don't care. You know, and it's, it's and now they make a ton of money. Yeah, like these yeah. guys. They're making two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in the AHL with no escrow. I know, it's like you crazy. make more money if you're a high end guy in the A compared to like a minimum guy in the NHL. If you're playing Cal California or New York and you're getting knocked fifty percent right off the bat, oh man, I'm going to the AHL all day. We had Less guys stressful. like Mark Bell and then Andre, which one? Now what's the guy in uh, Boyd Devereaux? Onikarovsky. Yeah, but we had guys sent down though, like in the Marlies, and they were they were like, I'm yeah, I would rather be, I make more money. Well, Toronto buried so many contracts. Yeah. Them and the Rangers, oh, they would send everybody down, making tons of money in the A. You know what? I I gotta ask you on the All Star game again. Is is the crazy as the whole thing was, and um, and you got your jerseys. I think that's awesome, right? All Star jersey, awesome stuff. But when you end up getting traded, right? 
they trade you uh, to Don Maloney trade you, by the way, to yep. Montreal. And they trade you for Jared Tenorti and Stefan Fournier and Victor Bartley. Who the fuck is Victor Bartley? Sounds like a pack of English cigarettes. Give me a pack of Victor Bartley's. But anyway, Victor Bartley, you get traded the Canadians. And was that, did you, you believe that had something to do with you, the league trying to keep you from going to the all-star? I know. Game? Yeah. It's odd. Like yeah. I, I talked to um, uh, Bergey. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I didn't want you. Like he said it himself. So yeah. So at least they he, were he told you the truth, right? Bergen? Yeah, yeah, the league was involved. They had to have been. Like, how, yeah. how stupid of a trade is that? They're trading me for Jared Tenorti. We were yeah. doing good in Arizona. We were, we were playing above our weight class. We were doing really good. And then they <laughs> trade me right before the All-Star game, and then they send me to St. John's. Like, come on, Nux. Yeah, and Maloney <laughs> – well, Maloney had that relationship with Bettman too. You know, they had, you know, that whole New York thing. And, yeah, it just that, – that stunk to high heaven. There's no question. Um, so – all right, we we the all star uh, game, and yeah, all of a sudden you get uh, people reaching out to you. They wanna do, well. You did the book, right? Um, and uh, you got your podcast. But now we're talking movie, right? Oh the baby, book, yeah. Well, the book, uh, guy like me, right? Um, and and now the movie. And, don't buy the book. Hey, well, it's a good read, but I don't get yeah. any money off of it. It just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you, by the way? I think they gave me a bunch of money up front, and then you don't yeah. get a check right. until they recoup the expenses. Yeah. And they gave me a bunch of money up front. Uh. They were dumb. Well, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Oh, That's yeah. awesome. I, I, I definitely took advantage of it. Yeah. But I don't think I made back nearly what they gave me. Uh, well, good for you. And now uh, the talk of the movie, Mitch Album apparently is writing it. Um, and, and when you – when you think of this, it, like how crazy is that? Like someone's going to make a movie on, on your life. You know, at this point, I'm like, it, it seems normal because it's just, they've been talking about it for so long. And I'm, I'm not kidding you to this day, at least once a month, I will get some kind of email or message or phone call from a filmmaker saying, I'd love to do a film on you. I think it's a great yeah. story, whether it's a documentary or some other movie. Like I got, Speaking of the court, the the jail, my lawyer who represented me for that trial yeah. just emailed me this month saying, hey, it's been a long time. I hope you guys are well. I, my business partner's got somebody who wants to make a movie. And you think you, you owe me it. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this was like 20 years ago. So Remember that it time? seems normal at this point. But yeah, no, it's it's in full swing now. Disney bought the script. So Disney's making it and they're going to start filming this year. So it's finally going to happen. Not that I expected it, but it's kind of neat that it's coming to fruition. Now, will you be able to get on there as a producer or something? Because then you can make some dough, right? Um, I Did you know. sell your life rights? I'm not. Am yeah, I yeah. Being too, so you yeah. sold no, your no, life you, rights. You, you sell your rights and then, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll I'll come out okay. You know, it, it's, it'll be a decent amount, a couple, like a couple hundred bucks for the kid. And that'll be yeah. fine. You know, I. It's it's good. It's it's unexpected good. money. So and I got six, seven kids to put through college. Yeah. You know, we're not all Tim Stapletons who can get scholarships. Yeah. They make all that cash in Russia. Yeah. My movie, in yeah, Russia. My movie all the dirty money. <laughs> I was Putin just gonna say we, we could use a producer, huh, Knox? Speaking of yeah. a producer, we could <laughs> Yeah, we could've. Yeah. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, all that dirty money, Putin money, that Tim made. All cash. For sure. You yeah. can still spend all it though. Cash, yeah. Cash exactly. is king. Can't take it to your grave. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, well, so, how did for, how, real quick with podcasting? You know, this is new to me. Like, was it how how was how did you get into that? I guess early on, was it hard? Like, were you, were you you were probably pretty good at just kind of you didn't care on just talking or were you kind of on that? Well, know? you know, I think it's one of those things where you either have it or you don't, you know, you have that personality. You guys have it. You can spin the yarn. You can just talk and just have a normal conversation. I think podcast, a lot of people just talk and yap on and on. I think I enjoy just chatting with the guys and, you know, mm -hmm. having a good, good conversation. And it came about where I retired and I had the opportunity to go and work for, you know, a company in Canada, whether it was TSN or Sportsnet. And I didn't want to move to Toronto. I, I didn't want to uproot my family again. I dragged them all over the country. And my even, well, it was more my wife. She says, I, I'm not moving to Toronto. I don't want to do that. So we had to figure out the next best thing. And it was podcasting. And I had a guy who was a good friend of mine. And he was, you know, a digital marketing type. And he knew the ins and outs of it. And we just started doing a show once every couple of weeks in his office. And then that progressed to once a week. And now... We get signed on by a company, Hockey Fights Nation Network, and we work with them now. And we do three shows a week, and we're wow. you know we're slowly building to where we're you know not competing with Spit and Chicklets, but we're you know we're we're nipping at their heels, and we're doing pretty good. And uh, we try to do it a little differently with them. We don't we don't talk about you know the Effin and Jeffman yeah. and the stuff. Yeah, and the stuff. Yeah. Like my kids that listen to the show, and I, I try to keep it family friendly. So. It's working. I, I enjoy it. You, you stay close to the, the teams and the players and you, you stay in the game, I guess, a little bit. So it's it's fun. You got any advice? You got any advice? You guys will be fine. It's just getting the key is that here's the thing. I hate getting guests. I I despise yeah. it. So I hate asking guys like, can you please come on my show, yeah. please? Like I, I'm the worst at it. So I'll shoot a text out like um, we were talking about Kessel. I tried to get Phil Kessel on my show and we could talk about the incident. I thought it'd be great. And he's like, we don't do, I don't, I don't do podcasts. Oh, you're oh, pussy. Fuck. And I'm like, that's okay. And you respect that. But then, you, you know, you, you throw it out to five, 10 people. And then it's like, I don't want to interview nobody's. So I, I asked Jumbo, he says, no, Patty Marlowe says, yeah, but you feel like such a, a loser asking people, can you please come on my show? Uh, so that's the only thing. If you can get good guests like Spit and Chicklets, they knock it out of the park because I think they have ESPN backing them and they can get all the stars they want. Yeah. And that that's the issue. I think you guys will be fine though, because you know a lot of people. Yeah, listen, I'm the guest thing is right. You're right about that. And you know, Listen, I ask people, I just say, hey, listen, can you come on? Uh, Nux you know, We're just going to have them. a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll stab you in the eye. <laughs> no, you know, we already had one guy. He was all set to do it last week, and he bailed on us the, the, the day before. I'm like, really? But I won't mention his name, but um, it, it sucks. I hate that, too. I hate and, – and hockey guys, come on. Fucking hockey guys are hockey guys. They ask you to come on. Why wouldn't you do it? If anybody – Anybody who's ever asked me to come on, I've gone on podcasts for guys that I don't know. Obviously, they asked me. Well, I wanted to help them out. Like, yeah, take a half hour, forty-five minutes. Don't I haven't done every one. Uh, you got to be a little bit selective, but um, you know, for the most part, yeah, I I hate that too. There's no question. I actually got to. I, I wonder if they 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 give a class on how to ask for guests because I got to get Tim to take that class. You know what yeah, I mean? Tim, step yeah. Step your game yeah, up. Yeah. I need to like, on, first step it up. Tim. I don't even know how to yeah approach that. 
You're supposed to be getting Conor McGregor for me. Conor McGregor, yeah. <laughs> really? That would be good. No, yeah, no. really? I wouldn't be here if I could. <laughs> I no, I, you know what? Listen, we're, do, we're doing the hockey stuff, and we, we want to branch out and do some different stuff, you know? Especially summertime comes, you want to get some different characters on. Hopefully, we're, uh, we're able to achieve that. And, you know, it's early for us. How, how long have you been doing it? Gosh, I think three years now, three, four years. Yeah, see, We've been with Hockey Fights two years now. They're a great partner. They, uh, they're they awesome. We're going to start. Took you a good year? What's that? Yeah, it took you like years. a good year to get going? Yeah, it took me a year to get a follow, a good base. But now, you know, we, we get a two, three million people listen to us every year. We, uh, yeah, it, it's going really great. Wow. And I think good people can you. resonate with us just because I don't BS. I'll chirp anybody in the league. Like, I, I don't. I don't have any alliance or allegiance to anybody. And so I, I kind of call it like it is. And so do you guys where I'm not, I'm not nervous to chirp Joe Pavelski, even though we're good friends. So like if Pavs has a bad game, I'll say Pavs, that was brutal. And yeah. I think that's different from a lot of other podcasts. who I think are a little too nervous to say stuff like that. Yeah. Like what would you say about what the Leafs did in game seven? Uh, the other oh night. well, here's the thing. I I thought they played well, they but did. they're choke artists. I I think you they'll they'll never win with that croup. And for yeah. those of you who think that oh next year's their year, the sample size for them it's long enough where it's like this is their team. That's who they are. Everybody compares them to well Tampa had to get over the hump and so did Washington. Washington won rounds in the playoffs. They made it to the Eastern Conference Final. Tampa made it to the Stanley Cup Final. Toronto hasn't even won a stinking well, round. I was say, next when? year's the year, what, to get out of the first round? Yeah, is that a win for them, <laughs> yeah. to win the first round? Yeah. No. Right. Like you're, You have four legit superstars up front. Morgan Riley, this team isn't the team. Muzzin, TJ Brody, like these are all high-end guys. So I'll be like Toronto sucks. Yeah. The amount of expectations and salary caps are the biggest disappointment in NHL in the last five years, without a doubt. Edmonton's dipping at their heels though. Yeah. And you look, you know, I look at the the two series uh, that ended on uh, Sunday night. Okay. The Rangers, Panarin, big money guy, tough game. What'd he do? He ended it. Johnny Goudreau ended it. They're big gunners. And when Toronto needed it most, they couldn't get it done, right? And that was game seven, and they couldn't get it done. You're right about that. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there uh, down the road. Um, well, because what do they do? And they, They're not going to get no. better. Yeah, Matthew scores 60. He's not going to score 60 <laughs> next year. Marner played unbelievable hockey, his best hockey, defense, offense. Everything. He's not going to get better. Jack Campbell was an all-star. He's not going to come back. You're going to lose a bunch of players up front. You're, they're going to be worse next year. Worse. It's going to well, be great. I love it when they suck. It's so yeah, great. Me too. Me too. Being being uh, partial to my Canadians, even though they sucked so bad this year. Oh, but, so oh, bad. Oh, my God. But uh, honestly, when you look at it, bringing, uh, I think bringing the crew they brought in, it, it seems like this ship will get going in the right direction. I like what Gorton's done in Boston. I like what he did in New York. Um, you know, go figure. They bring a... Bostonian up to fix the Montreal Canadiens. I love it. I the love only it. thing with Montreal is okay. They're they're trending in the right direction. Detroit's looking pretty good. Yeah, they are. And then you got Buffalo, who's all of a sudden got rid of Eichel. They're looking pretty good in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. then you got Tampa and Florida, who are absolute just juggernauts for the next couple of years. So 
it's they got a lot of work ahead of them, Montreal. You, you, yeah, the goaltending thing. What are you going to do in net? What, like, what's the solution there? Uh, what is? I don't know because it's not Primo. He hasn't proven it yet that he can come in and, and and take that mantle. And then you look at Kerry Price. Obviously, I I don't think he wants to be here anymore. And to get rid of him is going to be difficult. Even if they ate half of it, I mean, they're in trouble. They're in trouble that way. But hopefully they can figure something out. We'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, we'll have to have you on again and do a um, certainly a, you know, talking about uh, the game itself. But, hey, hey, not yet, you. Yeah. You can't jump in here yet. Hang on. um, Sorry, John. That's yeah, like, yeah. That's right. producer Barry. You know, usually have, always, we usually have him in a cage, but we got keep out. him locked up. We keep him in the <laughs> lockbox. And, and this producer Barry wants to know. Yeah, he's going to ask ha- some stupid questions. So just be prepared. <laughs> no, I have well, I'll help you. I have a different one. Do you have any? I have hey, a hey, different hey. one. Listen. Do you have any regrets in hockey? No, that's John? not the one I want to ask. That's not the one I want to oh, ask. Oh, okay. I, is, right. is it right, John? If I got my stuff right, you've written a bunch of plays, movies, and books. Is that right? Or do I have it wrong? Well, I, I wrote one book. I don't know about plays <laughs> and anything else. So someone got the wrong hey, You weren't on you Broadway. About- you weren't on Broadway? <laughs> no, no, I never did Broadway. I, I wrote one book, a guy like me. Yeah. What, yeah. there's more... in cat- he thought you were in Cats. He's not the only John Scott in the world, you know. There's more true. than one yeah. John Scott. Yeah, he's like, this guy was in Cats. <laughs> right. I, I you Googled the wrong guy. You got to yeah. put yeah. hockey after Yeah. Okay, John now Scott, now hockey. Now let me ask the, the, the question. Do you have any regrets on hockey? Did you have any regrets? No, honestly, honestly, no. He's like coming I on this podcast. <laughs> no, no. I was lucky enough to never sign a long-term contract to where I always assumed this was my last year. So I, I really enjoyed it all. I enjoyed the hotels. I enjoyed the planes. I, I really enjoyed the paychecks. I tried to save every nickel I made, and I didn't, you know, get in over my head wherever we moved. And I just always expected it to end every single year. So I was aware of the, you know, the ending and I think that helped me in my career where, gosh, we'd go to San Jose. We go to the beach one day. We go to the mountains the next day. We go to the desert. We go to the Redwood Forest. Everywhere I went, I tried to just experience everything the best I could. So not really regrets. Like, I wish I maybe oh, stuck to my guns and tried to play defense more. I think maybe I would have had a longer career. But who am I to complain? I played, you know, nine years in the NHL. I think that was a good run. You know, yeah. for a guy my size, for getting zero points every year, it's like, Pretty pretty happy how uh, how it all turned out, Barry. Good, great question. Best question so far, Barry. Yeah, Way to Barry, kill it. you're awesome. <laughs> the um, opportunity. There's yeah. two other ones then. My two last. So one one question, Barry. This is the one, problem. You start. Is I know one? what this one is. No, it's not that one yet. Who of of guys that you've looked up to, or not even looked up to, but other tough guys? Were there any guys that you look at and say you kind of wish you could emulate, or you look at them and say they're special? Like growing up, I think the guy was Ty Domi being in the Toronto area. He he was always the guy everyone looked up to. And of course, Probert, but you know, not really. Like I, I, I met Ty, I met Max and they're just kind of, you know, they're people, you know, they're, they're it is what it is. Ty's maybe a little more showtime than everybody else, but what are you going to do? It is what it is. And I don't know. I think the guys I looked up to weren't really fighters. I don't think anybody when they were kids. 
Borks and, you know, those guys, I don't think there's many kids who I want to grow up and be John Scott. You know, I, I don't think that that's, that's how it works, but you want to be the, the skill guys. You weren't in your driveway at 10 years old, shadow boxing. Yeah. Punching the, the chimney. <laughs> what would be your, the first line in your hockey eulogy? If you were writing it, what would you like to be your first line in your hockey eulogy? I don't, I don't know, Barry. It's like, uh, yeah, no one likes to talk about themselves at, at all. And in, in well, general, this is the best answer. It's just like, this is, yeah. So don't ask I, that question again. That's his first. Yeah. Answer. No, I think the answer is John Scott, you know, husband, father, hockey player. Awesome. There you go. There it is. Love it. I think that's awesome. I had a blast. I did yeah, too. I did too. I'll help you. Yeah. Cause Thanks. I had a blast. Yeah. All right. And, and one more. It's in the chat box from one of our um, producers. Uh, he said, we just started. Can you give us a piece of advice to get more listeners? No, I don't know how I get listeners. Just, <laughs> there you go. I don't know. No, no advice. Why would I want you as competition? I hope yeah, you yeah. How do, can you tell us how we get bigger than you? Yeah, everybody yeah. who's listening, go, watch, go listen to my show. It's way better. Better produced. I know that much. <laughs> Oh, All right, awesome. Johnny Scott, um, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate awesome. your time. What's up, Raw Knuckles fans? It's Tim here. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the big man, John Scott. We're going to switch gears and talk about the Stanley Cup Finals next. And now we have the Stanley Cup Finals set, and it will be Colorado Avalanche against the Lightning. Lightning going for the three-peat, and um, uh, this is going to be a go one two. Uh, obviously the best team standing at the end and it should be uh, an exciting final. I'm looking forward to this one. Lightning going for their third, like I said, and the Avalanche, um, man, uh, this team, uh, they got it going on. They got a, they have the depth and they have a great back end. I think some of the issues with Colorado right now is who are they going to start in net? Are they going to start Francouz? Are they going to go back to Kemper? So the coach, Bednar, Jared Bednar, has um, a decision to make there. And I think some of the other things that could affect the outcome of this series is Colorado. Is Kadri going to play? The injury. Um, is Point going to play for the Lightning? Uh, those are still up in the air. So we should find out a little more about that on Wednesday, um, uh, game one. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But... You know, I, I'd love to tell you I know who's going to win here, but I don't. I mean, two awesome teams. And you know what? The old cliche, defense wins championships. When you look at what Tampa did to the Rangers, first two games, they're in the hole. They battle back the, uh, the games three, four, five, and six. Tampa Bay gave up only five goals. So defense ended up really winning them um, th that that Eastern Conference and and getting them to the final. As far as the Avalanche, man, you know they kind of had a breeze through the playoffs, right? Um, they breezed their way through the first uh, series, four straight, right against Nashville. Next one a little more difficult, and then uh, four straight against Edmonton. And here they are; they they're rested. They should be healthy. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. What are your thoughts? No, I, I, 
I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It is tough. I mean, these are the two teams I picked, not to say like I'm Mr. You know, stats, but I did pick both these teams to to make it to the finals, which I wanted to see. I got Colorado winning, but like now after yesterday though, I don't know. Tampa, Tampa, I mean, what's amazing me about Tampa is like, at least when I'm watching, it's like how they can just shut it down. Like, like you said, defensively. And yeah, they have Vasilevsky, don't get me wrong, but like, it's like there's not a guy on that team when they're on the ice, like in my mind's like a liability. Like they all buy in, even like their top guys, Kucherov. Like Kucherov could be out there the last minute on a two to one lead. And that, like for me, I think he's fine. But then it could yeah. be, you know, it could be anybody. I think everyone buys in, and and clearly that's why they, you know, obviously they won the last two cups. Colorado. Well, the thing I like about Colorado is I know I don't. I think that was last year when they lost, and they, you know, like McKinnon came out and was like, you know, I've been here for eight years and I haven't, I haven't won shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they kind of have that attitude, and and which is good. It's not like they just kind of, you know, they're they're at where they're supposed to be at. And, and this was their, their goal to be here and win it. And so, like, it's not like a team that just kind of miraculously, you know, kind of got through and now they're there and, you know, it might just be like a blowout like last year. But who I don't know who's going to win this. It's going to be tough. I, I think, um, like you said, those key players. I, I was wondering about Point, um, what his situation is. is there, yeah, he had a, a lower body injury and, you know, he's been skating. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think they've been certainly keeping him away. And what I think they may do, and we don't know, could he be ready for game one? If he isn't, I think it's all going to depend on how game one goes. If Tampa wins, they might hold back and and, and wait and just see. It just depends where he is, uh, and we'll never know that until we see him out there on the ice. And then, um, you know, having uh, Kadri a possibility. He had thumb surgery or something, and they – Thought he might be ready. I mean, they'll probably cast him up. I mean, is he going to be effective? Um, that remains to be seen. So those those two things are certainly are going to influence it. Vasilevsky is Vasilevsky. I think the issue with Colorado is they don't know who they're going to go with. And um, is if Kemp is ready, I mean, for me, for my money, I know Frank Kuz come in and did the job, but uh, you know they were playing a whole together different altogether different team in Edmonton. And and Frank Kuz, yeah, he stepped up to the plate. But I would, if I'm coaching, I'm going back to my number one guy in Kempa. Yeah, no, I agree. I think. The, did you see that stat with Vasilevsky on like uh, what was it like closing or you know what is it, closing series games or whatever? What was the stat? But he was like, was it six shutouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable. That's, unbelievable, unbelievable. Like that's and that's the thing. I mean, he is a guy. Uh, you know. You just now you're down to seven. I guess you know four wins, right? So it's gonna be um, as far as Colorado's goaltending. I don't. Yeah, I mean you gotta. I agree with you. Go back with your number one guy and and take it one game at a time. And it's gonna be interesting. You think it's gonna be a high scoring? Like you think Colorado? I don't. I mean, you know, I don't think it's, it's gonna be high scoring. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Like a chess think, match type kind of. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't think we're gonna see what we saw. Like Colorado and Edmonton, those first two games, it was like a shootout, you know, going back and forth <laughs> wide open. Tampa Bay's not going to get into that. Um, you know, listen, you look at the top six, Landeskog, McKinnon, uh, Nick Cushion, and then um, you got Rantanen, Burakovsky, and Lekkinen now because Kadri's out of the mix. So that top six has changed a little bit because of Kadri being out. But you look at what... Tampa did in in those last four games and shutting down 
those key guys on the Rangers. And uh, they did a hell of a job. Sorelli, Hagel, Colon, and then Nick Paul, Colton, Perry. They all, I mean, they locked it down as a team. And you look at, you know, they had injuries all season, Tampa. Guys stepped in. They stepped up to the plate. I think where they may, and again, they, they got Hedman, Sergachev, Bogosian, McDonough, Chernak, Ruda on the back end. They have a good defense. I think the defense in, in, in Colorado, you know, when you look at McCaw, Taze, Byram, those three there are dangerous guys skating with the puck, jumping up into the play, adding to the offense, you know, supporting that rush, and sometimes even leading it. So I, I think, you know, that can make a difference in their game for sure. But in their end, if Tampa gets that four-checking game going against um, uh, the Avalanche, you know, those defensemen, the smaller guys, yeah, they're quick, they're smart. You know, they could wear them, wear them down. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, pe- people don't know how important that is to, like, get the puck, you know, make the puck 200 feet. Make it, You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Tampa shuts it down and, like, they're getting hemmed in their zone and, like, kind of everyone's just tight to the net. Like, they're they're getting the puck in deep and they're making, you know, like, they've made the Rangers, that, you know, going back over time, as you know, like, it's just a wear and tear and it, it does add up. Um, And so it will be interesting if, if – I mean, have we ever seen Colorado where they're like frustrated with you know not not scoring? I guess I don't know. I mean, if if these are two to one games, um, you know, over time, are are the big guys in Colorado gonna? I, I don't know. It, it's so like up for grabs right now. It's awesome. I think it's awesome. I think it's special you know, teams gonna be yeah, key. I think yeah. five on five, we're gonna see really good tight check in hockey. But you go in the box, either one of these teams, they got such potent power plays. And I think special teams, the PK and power play are going to decide some of these games here. I think they're going to be that close. So um, stay out of the box uh, and, um, and, and you may be all right. Survive that five on five tight checking hockey. It's going to be interesting to see if Colorado can get Tampa to open it up, but I just don't think they will. Yeah, I agree. Who do you got? If you add the pick, who do you got? God, I mean, how can you not go with Tampa? They're going for three in a row. They have that experience of being there. Um, Man. And they have the goalie. I got to go with Tampa. No, and here's the thing is, like, I picked Colorado, but, like, I want to see Colorado win, but yeah, but my heart kind of wants to see. I kind of want to see Tampa though. Like I like, I don't know. Like you know, they're it's like they're like a dynasty, right? Like it's kind of, at least in my time, uh, I you know how many times are we going to see a team win three Stanley Cups in a row? Uh, I don't know, Um, but I do like Colorado too. I I like you know either team I'm I'm rooting for, I guess. But if I had to pick, I got to go with my original pick, uh, Colorado. But it's going to be. I'm excited. It starts what Wednesday. Wednesday night. Yep. Fuck so yeah. it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see. What, what if happens. it's just I, like a I, sweep, like blowout every game? I, I, just I can't see that happening. But <laughs> it's like five to one every game. I want to see this go seven games. I know, no like what. overtime. Oh, it'd be the best. <laughs> it would be the best. So, um, yeah, it all starts on Wednesday night. Uh, can't wait. I hope to see an exciting Stanley Cup. You know what I liked final. real quick? We didn't talk about this. Is uh, at the end of Game Five when. Uh, I think it was no, yeah. At the end of Game Five, did you see that? Like when Stamkos fought. Yeah, 
I just well, fucking love, you know, like, you know, there was like four seconds left, you know, it was Kucherov who just like, he knew, you know, everyone knew the time and Kucherov went in there. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. he grabbed a puck in 360 and tried to shoot it on net, you know, and it caused everything. I think that's so like, that's Tampa. I mean, they know what it takes. Like that's. But see, that's the time to do it too, yeah, right? Yeah. They oh, got, yeah. They, it's the oh, end yeah. of the game. They won the game. <laughs> yeah. They have oh, a yeah. series lead. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. And you look last night, same thing. Stamkos takes the penalty against Lafreniere. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of, he did reach out and grab him. Lafreniere, he fell, kind of dove, but they give him the penalty. They score and tie the game. And then Stamkos comes out of the box. He's going to the bench and they put the camera on Cooper. And he goes, That's on you to Stamkos. 21 seconds later, he gets the puck and scores the winning goal. I mean, hello. So that's leadership. Uh, awesome what he did. Stamco showed up. And, and I, I just can't wait. And I, all I want to see is a seven games, overtime, and who's going to be that hero. I just, and you know what? It'll probably be Corey Perry. And just remember I said that. I, I hope, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I hope so. What is it? You've third Cups final in a row? Yep. Right? And Three in a row. Last, lost the last two. So. How about Maroon? How about Maroon? <laughs> yeah, that's if the, he wins, he's right? That's him four in a row. His story's nuts, you know, yeah. uh, but he's, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for, I mean, that's the thing though, is there's like so many guys I'm rooting for, even on Colorado. I like all their guys. I, I don't know. It's going to be, it is going to be awesome. I mean, it's probably the most excited I've been in a long time for a finals. Yeah, me too. And, uh, I it's definitely going to be better than it was last year with the Habs against Tampa.